0: Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, ESPN LA, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is Wednesday, September 13th. We are uh, only 12 days away, I guess, from Media Day. Yes. The official launch of the 2017-2018 season. So uh, we're getting there. This and- year's...
1: uh Training camp, by the way, is going to be in uh, El Segundo at the new right. Facility. They're, they're not leaving. Everything
0: nope. will be at the new facility. It is. Uh, I haven't seen it in anything but moving pictures. It's Supposed to be amazing. It looks. It looks it's really to be cool. Unbelievable. So we're excited about that. We will be. Uh, we of course will be there uh, when that happens. But uh, that we we got some time to kill before then, and some fun stuff actually popped up this week. Um, you know, we, we'll get into the Kobe uh, jersey retirement today. We got some always controversial NBA rank, Andy. No, 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 no. Hashtag, Hashtag NBA, NBA rank. Yeah, and, and granted, it's less controversial this year because Kobe isn't playing, and therefore, you know. And and nobody at this point believes. Uh, is Jeremy Lin in
1: the top 100? I don't know. Because Jeremy, Jeremy Lin is probably the most Stan-followed player in the NBA now that Kobe's out, but
0: don't you think there are people who are who are insulted even still that Kobe is not ranked in the top fifty? Yes. yes, like this year, going yeah. into this season, yeah, there are people who believe like he's still, if he was playing, he'd, just still, on, be, well, just he'd on, still be a top fifty on legacy guy. alone. But I'm right. just
1: saying, man, we learned from uh, one year covering him. Jeremy Lin's
0: fans are out of their damn minds. They, they are they are really hardcore. Um, so we'll do that, and we have a fun uh fun pop culture thing. We'll get into some some eighties movie music combinations uh later in the show based off of something that came to us at Cam Brothers on twitter so uh showing you that when you participate in the show, Andy, or something that we're doing, we respond uh anyway, magic was on. First take this week, um, because Tampergate is over. Yes. The Lakers were fined Um, $500,000. Coincidentally,
1: Magic happened to have a (laughs) $500,000 bill in his wallet.
0: That's right. And he (laughs) worked out very well. Gave it to Adam Silver. He did the thing where he holds it up to the light, you know, to check to make sure it's not counterfeit. Uh, Magic's face is actually on it. (laughs) So, you know, all in all, the Lakers got off. Pretty easily here. Oh. I mean, you know.
1: considering the memo from the NBA stated essentially that the Lakers tampered. Right, it was, I'd say they got off really. Easy. And what was
0: the euphemism they used, or something like like inappropriate contact yeah, or something? You know what they call which, that? Well, that's called tampering. I mean, it's.
1: I am not saying that I was rooting for the Lakers to get punished. I am glad it worked out the way it did. All this just demonstrated though is how little the nba actually cares well, you about see, any you of have this. two
0: choices you can either drop the hammer and you know the lakers lose draft picks and they lose the opportunity to sign paul george and, and quite frankly that feels like a bad idea to me not just because it's the lakers it just feels like again unless they were caught house hunting Together, like, you know, they're driving around the neighborhood and they end up on an episode of House Hunters. (laughs) They open a Zillow account together. (laughs) It's like, you know, (laughs) I mean, texts going back and forth with that kind of thing. Um, You know, hey, Paul, don't tell any – like a voicemail. Hey, Paul, don't tell anyone. We are totally going to sign you as soon as you become a free agent. It's magic, by the way. Um, You know, something like that. You you have two choices. You can either kind of find someone and – have us tell, say that you don't care or go so over the top, but now you're, but that locks you in as a league to policing this stuff sure. in ways you just probably don't want to do. No, I mean, they, it's clear they don't care. I mean, they really, truly don't care. I think they what they
1: don't want they anybody care, doing, but can't do anything well, about what, it. No, I don't think they care. What they don't want anybody <laughs> doing is flaunting the rules that yes. make them have to prove that they care.
0: That's yeah. actually what they Don't care make us about. look bad. Right. Um so anyway, Magic was on uh first take this week and said this. He was asked about the tampering, said a couple things and this is one of them.
2: I knew that uh in my heart that we had tampered with you know, but at the same time, we were warned we did cross a line that we shouldn't have crossed and uh Adam Silver did his job, you know, and so I take full responsibility because I'm the president of basketball, and so yeah, this happened involved. on my watch. It doesn't affect Jeannie Buss. She's done been an excellent boss. I love her to death. I, I love working for her. But uh, at the same time, you have to take ownership and accountability, and so I will do that. And would I admit we did something wrong? No, I would never admit that because we haven't, but at the same time, we have.
0: So kudos to Magic for taking responsibility for the thing that they didn't do. <laughs> but, um I mean, and to be fair to Magic, it is it was, you know, and again, coming straight from the NBA, the, the inappropriate contact was Rob Polinka. Yes. With uh was it Aaron Aaron Mintz, Aaron Mintz. Uh, you know, Paul George's agent. So it's not just Magic screwing up or something like that. I'm watching TV right now and it's Steven Jackson and Ramona sitting next to each other, and that will never get tiresome to me. Any combination with Steven Jackson. Love that. Um so, Magic's taking responsibility for the thing that they didn't do despite the fact that they were warned. I also said this. What
1: line did you cross?
2: Well, I think it's just a, you know, on the Jimmy Kimmel show, you know, it was late night TV so I was having fun, but I knew that we we could not do that and so that was all on me. You know, I take responsibility for that.
0: Okay, so and I'll move past this. But yeah. you're telling me you making a joke is inappropriate.
2: Yeah, and so Look, as much as that sounds uh,
0: ridiculous, Magic. Yeah,
2: I know, but we 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 took the fine. I was willing to pay it myself. I told Jeannie that that she didn't have to pay it. But league rules are when they find a team, the team has to pay it. I can't pay it as an individual. Uh, Blah blah blah. Because again, I take (laughs) full. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's a couple things to Parson here.
0: You weren't really making a joke. I mean, he's making a joke, but (laughs) you didn't find that joke funny. Indiana Pacers. No. I mean, he was recruiting. <laughs> That's what he was right. doing. I mean, um, and... Um,
1: With other head recruiter, Jimmy Kimmel,
0: who's done a smashing job on behalf right, of the he's Lakers. just not allowed to go there. But it's just like, you know, the line that they crossed, I mean, basically what Magic is saying here is, what line did you cross? Well, we were kind of tampering. <laughs> <laughs> the line that we crossed was tampering. Um, but... It's It's all behind us. It's over now. And really what it amounts to is just the Lakers are just going to have to be careful. Right. Just people are going to be watching. Look,
1: here's what you do, Rob Belinka. Remember everything that you were told we can't do out in public when you're an agent? Put yourself on the other side of the (laughs) desk. Don't do that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's
0: not that hard. Because we all want, look, everyone everyone around here wants them to cheat. Yes. We all want it. Yes. It's it's very important. Let's do it better. Right. Cheat better. Yes. Um all right, so uh it's that's behind us. It's water under the bridge. Uh Kobe, it was announced on Tuesday will have his jerseys retired, yep. both of them. Um, both eight and twenty four. Now is it gonna be two separate jerseys that go up into the rafters so he'll be in there twice? I would assume so because or I it think won't be like some sort of like fraction looking thing i you
1: can't make it look right i i was gonna say i hope they just put up two jerseys because i think otherwise you're gonna get into something that looks kind of weird and you're already doing something really unusual and i think it's the right call i think they should retire yeah both. it's kind of cool it's kind of cool and also just how do you choose between the two it's i mean unless he wants to here's the only yeah i mean obviously kobe gets the final vote i will say this it was the right call the lakers announced this way too early they gave up the ghost for our purposes way too early i mean we had like three months worth of debates for sports talk radio going
0: yeah and the lakers killed eight or 24 this 8 or 24 now it just gets to the statue 8 or 24 8 or 24 and of course we'll solve that just by having two statues yes um i i just pulled it back up again it'll be december 18th versus the golden state warriors at halftime at halftime uh yeah they might do it during the game <laughs> depending on how things are going. Um, but the the cheapest ticket that I can see right now on StubHub is $589. Wow. It is in uh, Section 321. And while I will tell you that it is expensive to go to Laker games, tickets do not normally cost $589 in Section 321. That is amazing. Uh, which is the upper right-hand corner of the of the stadium. So uh, 589 and up if you want the most expensive uh, you're talking twenty five hundred, you know, three thousand for courtside. Um, it's and it's only going to get more expensive. So, um, real quick, we, do you agree that Kobe deserves to have his jerseys retired? Is there a hot take counterpoint that we're missing here? I mean, I can go either way on this. <laughs> I mean, on one yeah. hand, he
1: had five championships. He was a former MVP other than magic johnson or jerry west i don't think you can make an argument that anybody is the greatest laker of all time other than kobe mm-hmm. the flip side though
0: the <laughs> on the f- other hand on
1: but, the on the other hand they did miss the playoffs um
0: a few years yeah, under his stewardship he did and here's here's my great, big argument for it like sure he won 5 titles but according to kobe any any year that he didn't win a title was a waste of of his, so, so what year. you're saying is and by extension it would have been a waste of my time he wasted 15 years of my life well actually you can take wasted. This, you can actually
1: take this a step further by that same logic he wasted three quarters of the time of the lakers that he was with them right and while they were paying right him, a lot he of didn't money. give that
0: money back a lot of money he didn't give that money back he wasted three quarters of so it. you know i on balance, I still think it's a good idea that they're doing it, that they're retiring the jersey But it probably was a bigger discussion than people may realize. <laughs> it's right. It's just there's a stronger my only there's a stronger counterpoint than I think people are doing I'm actually it. too I mean normal you know, the Lakers have a
1: standard where they don't retire your number unless you're in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't right. matter it doesn't matter what you meant to the organization. Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, nope, you're never gonna get there. In. Lamar Odom is never gonna in. happen. Um and Kobe obviously is not in the Hall of Fame yet, but similar to Shaq They realized, look, this is a first ballot lock. I mean, like you know, no disrespect to Tracy McGrady, who I think should be in the Hall of Fame. Sure, but if Tracy McGrady is a first
0: ballot Hall of Famer, like you don't even need to vote with Kobe. You should. There shouldn't even be a vote for Kobe. It should be like in 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 in. Like Congress or something, where they just sort of, "Hey, anybody got a problem with that?" And we're like, "No, we're good." Like, like voice vote or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just put out an email. It's kind of wasting everybody's time to even vote on Kobe. It's a waste of right. You just put out an email to whoever's allowed to vote on these things. Hey, we're gonna put him in the Hall of Fame unless anybody publicly, right? You got anybody got a problem with this, or do we have to go through the rigmarole? But the other
1: thing, though, that actually, too, I like that they're you know just cutting to the chase of the inevitable is that escaping Kobe's shadow is hard enough for this franchise as it is. Like, mm-hmm. even with, you know, the everyone excitement, excited over new ownership, you know, especially once they, I mean, new uh, leadership, especially once they learn how to tamper better. <laughs> Lonzo and, you know, like the rumors with LeBron and Paul George, young core, all that stuff. Like, Kobe is still this mother well, effer of yes. a presence. And there's something to be said for doing this now as opposed to, like, Potentially jerking the organization backwards in a few years once they've really started to make progress on their own. Yeah, I agree,
0: and I think that, um, you know, it's it, look, Rob Palenka treats and talks about Kobe like he is a deity, mm-hmm. um, and the, he will always be part of it. But you're right; there is a sort of sense of moving on. He is. He is in. The, he is officially part of the past. When his jersey goes up, Mm -hmm. he's going to be treated differently than that. And he should be. I mean, and Kobe provides a model and is a resource that the Lakers should rightly rightly exploit because I think his value to the team as sort of old Oracle guy who's not there every day is much different than it was when he was there every day. And I actually think it's better. Um, You know, the influence that he can have when he's brought in specifically for that. Guys aren't it doesn't matter really to him if they're winning or losing. It's not his team. Um, I think it can have a tremendous amount of value to, to the organization. But man, that shadow is insane. Yeah, and I think it's good. I, I really do think it's good You're just right. to do
1: this really early. You know, I mean, obviously Kobe deserves it. It's, I think it's going to be a really fun night for fans. A fun night for Kobe. Yeah, and it's
0: and it's, a good, it's just a good thing but to do. It's, it's a good, a good. It's, it's another. Of
1: fun. It's another step in just letting the organization move forward. Interestingly, the Lakers also announced uh, Magic and Palinka are going to retire Lonzo's jersey on opening night. <laughs> <laughs> He's that good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his, his jersey is outrageous. Actually, <laughs> it's going up in the rafters during halftime of Game One. Um, Lonzo, Lonzo is, 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 well. He is transformational. If yes. you listen to Magic, um, I, I, I don't want to have this debate, in, and I don't think we will in exactly the same way um, that others might. Do you? Do you have a favorite between eight Kobe and twenty-four Kobe?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say twenty-four, just because. It was a more interesting period in. That, Co- yep, it was more. That's, that's what it is. For I me. mean, it, it was more interesting in terms of Kobe himself. Both periods were exceptionally interesting. fascinating. <laughs> yes, I mean the eight period was an exceptionally fascinating. Yes. The
0: counterpoint to my argument over he wasted fifteen years of my life was <laughs> he <laughs> waiting for the tweets to come in on that yes, is um, he was. It's. I'm not sure you could find somebody in any sport he is who the, had more sustained ability to be interesting yes. and make things interesting. He than is COVID. the
1: most interesting athlete you and I have ever covered, and it's not even close. he will remain so. Yeah, full it's not ever. even close. Uh, but
0: yes, but that he was more. He was a more interesting himself. person. As people tend to be more interesting when they're thirty, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. And from a professional standpoint, you know he's the equivalent of a fifty or sixty year old person in terms of experience whatever than they are when they're nineteen. Also
1: too, I would say twenty four just because I think that that incarnation of Kobe's career, even taking into account the Achilles injury, which ultimately cut it short, even though he was still playing, um, that period is closer to I think how Kobe always pictured himself, which is you know the undisputed. Voice and focal point of a team, right? And there was as, the ch-
0: and there was the challenge of seeing and whether or not that right. could be realized, as opposed to being
1: like the greatest one A, if you want to call him that. I'd say in NBA history, you know, alongside
0: Shaq, if you want to call him, you know, one A, fine, he's the greatest one A ever. Mm-hmm. And it was after the Shaq breakup, right? It was after Colorado, and it was after right. all these things and so many different different things about him had to be reconstructed. And the you know the the Kobe that was put together you know and that we see now is, is you know it's it's this this amazing combination we talk about all the time of mythology wrapped into marketing wrapped into yes. what we saw on the court um all delivered by a guy who particularly by the end of his career was your you know don't give a bleep old uncle at thanksgiving who said whatever he wanted because he knew he had the credibility to do it and he he is as smart as anybody I've ever covered yes. and he is as interesting and he is as intellectually curious and it made him a a, a fantastic interview uh as when he was along. in the so, mood when he was in the mood
1: yeah. Kobe is one of the best interviews you'll find and he, in he was course. generally in the mood over the last couple of seasons cuz yep. he
0: wasn't bo- uh, bogged down by playing games Any <laughs> <laughs> <No.
1: laughs> anything special you want to see happen for the evening um There's got to be at least one human sacrifice correct <laughs> Like one fan like this is actually the promotion they do
0: like fans fans send in a video about why they should be the human sacrifice at least one person is burned on a pyre <laughs> yes. and the, the the winner with the best video. Like, remember how, like, you know, like, here's, let me ask you a question, though. This, and this is, you know, like, in ancient, like, ancient times, like, it was an
1: honor when your daughter was thrown into (laughs) the volcano. Absolutely. You'd be excited when your daughter or your son was thrown into the volcano.
0: Like, this I'd like to honor. think people were a little torn by that, but uh, you know, but that that felt to me like really good messaging from the leaders <laughs> yes. of your community <laughs> to spin it. That, that yeah, that's a little bit of spin. It was the original branding. Right. <laughs> She's your most beautiful daughter, uh, and we are going to throw her in the volcano. But that's good news for you. Yes. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's that's spin. <laughs> we can these, all agree. All these other undies out there, <laughs> that, they get to live. <laughs> that is, is spin. And, like, to be the second – You know, what you really want to be is, like, the fifth best-looking person in the village. Yeah. Because – the f- best-looking virgin. Because you don't want to be second because what if the problem comes back next year and the volcano needs someone else? But, you know, what are the odds of being – like, by the time that you're married and whatever yeah. – You buy yourself some time. (laughs) You do. But but I do. I think fans would be
1: genuinely excited to die on Kobe's behalf as
0: part of this special night. Someone would. Uh, Question. Do you have to do that before the game? Because we all see how long sometimes it takes to clean up after, like, quick change. (laughs) If you actually burn someone as a sacrifice, ritual sacrifice. Yeah, you extend the thing by five minutes. (laughs) You can do it. Clean (laughs) up crew out there with their little mops. Yeah, I mean, that's what the runner-ups do. All right, well, uh, I'm sure if there is such a promotion, we will be uh, partially responsible for (laughs) getting those people here at ESPN. I I was also thinking, too, like,
1: they should just just retire all sorts of stuff associated with Kobe, like, (laughs) the awesomeness of Kobe. Like, they're just going to put all this different stuff up in the rafters and, like, create, like— Basically, create. I don't know if it'd be like a mural. It's a or hanging like a Kobe di- museum. Yeah, or like a
0: diorama <laughs> <or> museum. <laughs> it is like a diorama. Like I would retire. It's a reverse diorama.
1: I would retire the number sixteen because it's the it's the exact middle point between eight and twenty four.
0: Sorry, pal. I go. Uh, I go all multiples of eight. Okay, all the way. Through. Oh no, that's fine. Just, just this, be safe. Good. 16's covered anyway. Sixteen, thirty-two, th- you know, forty. Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: yeah, you will have to unretire Magic's jersey, but I think he'll understand. <laughs>
0: I think it's okay. I would retire. Or just put Kobe in like little font over Magic's jersey. <laughs> um, Magic and Kobe. You retire the number 13 because he was a 13 pick.
1: Again, you're unretiring Wilt. <laughs> but let's be honest, Kobe was a greater Laker than Wilt. By a lot. Um, you retire all combinations of 714 because Kobe's a Newport Beach guy. <laughs> um, which means, by the way, too, 1 and 14 get retired, which is a message to Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. I ain't dead yet, kid. That's right. Uh, you guys might, you know, Lonzo may be untouchable and, you know, are and you know, transcendent. And Ingram's right there with him, ain't dead yet, kid. Um, I would retire snakes of all kind, <laughs> just snakes. <Just> raise <laughs> yes. a, a picture
0: of a serpent. Yep, yep. Snake goes how right Slytherin up. goes up to the uh, to the rafters. Yep, I'd
1: put that up there. Uh, steel drums because of K O B E. Mm. Remember his rap song? It's very tinny in the background with those steel drums. Put it. Put some steel drums up there. Cages of any kind. <laughs> muse or otherwise? Yeah, muse or otherwise, just cages. Uh, you put up at least one helicopter because Kobe had his own helicopter, and that was pretty cool. Do you retire Brandy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taylor Swift is already up there. Taylor you, Swift's already re- right. Do you Do you now have to retire Brandy? That feels – I mean <laughs> – that feels
1: like it should be her choice, but at the end of the day, I feel like it should be Kobe's.
0: You know who actually, and this should be retired, is that weird puppet thing? <laughs> that's <in the> <laughs> <laughs> like, can we? Like, if it means we don't see those things, that thing in the videos anymore, mm-hmm. can we actually, sure. I'd give him that. I would make that trade. Throw
1: a puppet guy up there, <laughs> um, parking lots. Because of Andrew Bynum, that uh-huh. ran. Um, just put a parking lot up in there. Um, the Lakers, you can no longer use. A parking lot, if you're associated with the Lakers, just underground garages or whatnot. Buffets. Remember Kobe's
0: first? <laughs> Put a buffet up there. Um, you you could retire Pluto, except we already did it. Yeah. That's <laughs> we, too- should it we should bring it back. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> yes. Yes. You get you, you get where I'm coming from right. with this.
1: Uh, I would retire a pair of big boy pants. <laughs> put them up there I like to call them for pow Pantalones de Macho and and,
0: and swans swans oh swans yeah swans go <laughs> up to the Raptors up
1: there make sure somebody
0: feeds it a black swan and a white swan black swan and a white swan living they need to be living <laughs> <along>. <laughs> actual swan oh yeah yeah like yeah you and know, if you could somehow train them yes. yeah so that like if good things were happening like. <laughs> ha, ha ha ha. No,
1: that, I don't want to make this unrealistic. <laughs>
0: Is that too much?
1: It's too much. Um solid white outfits.
0: <laughs> Those weird head scarves.
1: Yeah, the head scarves, the hat, the solid white outfit. You put that at least one up down, there. It still, is the strongest um, athlete I don't photo know. Of if, all time. I don't know if Staples Center ever does like a Harry Potter on ice or some such crap. But Kobe loved Harry Potter. He does. So you put still
0: Harry, does. Yeah, yeah, you put Harry Potter up there, and then finally, I was. By the thinking, way, I am reading the Harry Potter books. We're on book four now. Right, because the kids they love them. Are they like, good? I've never read Harry Potter. The books
1: are great. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you th- you put Harry Potter up there, and then it
0: might be scaring our youngest. Though. And then f- <laughs> it's having a lot of nightmares. <laughs> and finally, I would put uh, Dwight Howard up there because yeah, Kobe, Kobe retired. Retire <laughs> Kobe retired Dwight Howard as a Laker. That's right. Kobe retired Dwight Howard as a person, <laughs> yes, <he laughs> like did. as a concept, as an effective NBA player. Kobe, <laughs> Kobe effectively ended Dwight
1: Howard. I'm not sure there has ever been like a meeting in Lakers history that I would want to have sat in more for then Kobe's part of the pitch oh, yeah. to Dwight to, to stay. Like, I just keep picturing, like, they go around this table, and then finally it's like, Kobe, and he's like, "It was you, you know guys are still here? Was the,
0: the Kobe's speech was the stay-or-go equivalent of Morgan Freeman's speech to the parole board yes. in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yes. Dude, you stamp your paper, man. <laughs> do what you're going to do, because I don't give a bleep. I, I I think Kobe's speech was like, oh, my God, you guys are still talking <laughs> He's still in here. Um, all right. So, well, congratulations. I mean, yes. it's, it's going to be a really fun night. That is really um, cool. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're on – it's it's NBA rank season. You know it's NBA rank season. Hashtag, Hashtag NBA, NBA ranked, ranked season. season, Brian. Um, the Lakers – SI did something similar, too, with their guys at the crossover. And here's how it broke down. Um, sports. N- nobody's done yet, but we're going to go out on a limb and say that there will be no more Lakers <laughs> in these things. Yeah, we're we're into like the 30s and 20s and I stuff. Think it's safe to say that nobody's popping up. Nope. Sports Illustrated had Kentavious Caldwell Pope at 99, which shows you it's a ranking of players and not names. Uh, Julius is at 94 and Brooke Lopez at 51 ESPN uh, had KCP at 74 which shows by the way that ESPN is more
1: susceptible uh, susceptible to biblical stories
0: that's right he is mana from heaven uh, Lonzo at 63 Lonzo was not in SI because they didn't rank rookies uh, and Lopez at 45 so Lopez seen by uh, everyone is the best player on the team and I think that's probably true and um, a couple of interesting things about this, and I don't want to – I really don't want and I mean it. I don't want to get into does this guy deserve to be high or low or whatever. Melo was 64, one stop behind Lonzo Ball. So the ESPN Glitterati uh, believe that Lonzo is a better player now already, already. than Carmelo Anthony. 64 for Carmelo seems – Feels low. Yeah, I would agree. Like, if you ask me, is Carmelo Anthony the 64th best player in the league? I'd be like, no, he's better than that. And by the way, too, I I think Mello
1: specifically, and we're going to get into this, uh, is what set off the reaction among NBA players yeah right. I mean because they, they, NBA players always you know they always get oh, chapped they freak over out this they mean, Kobe get...
0: used to freak out regularly over this and by the way, they actually got it right like they pretty much nailed his decline
1: right but I mean you know they, they always end up getting chapped about this and they all think you know it's similar to their uh, NBA 2K rankings or whatever but I think the collective reaction among players like the most the most outrage anybody felt that wasn't about their personal ranking was the players collectively taking up for mellow. They're just like this is BS that he's sixty-four.
0: Yeah, and I think the, and what sort of gets fascinating that's this is exactly what is interesting to me about this is like there this illustrates more than anything the gap between what how writers look at the game and how players look at it because I I I, I get everything that is all the criticisms of Melo's game they're the same now as they were ten years ago yes he's still a very good rebounder at his position. And he's still an excellent scorer, even if an inefficient one. But what we've sort of decided on, we as a media entity as a whole, is that the stuff that Mello is really good at just isn't as valuable if it doesn't come with other things. It's also the first year Phil was allowed to vote. Right. (laughs) That made a difference. And his was weighted uh, by by 50. 50% of the vote was just Phil Jackson. It. I don't know what the right spot for Carmelo is, and I don't particularly care. But it's one of the only ones. Like I'm not going to. I can't sit here and argue whether Eric Gordon is ten spots better than Ryan. And I don't. I don't know, and I don't care. And really, anything between you know sixty and a hundred, you could shuffle that based week to week on how guys are playing. The way that we, you know, the gap between how players see the game and how media sees the game is important because it gets to something else that we, I know, we wanted to talk about too, which is like the sensitivity that Durant has, or like any of these other guys, even somebody like Kevin Durant, who is essentially on a sale, was worst second best player in the league, where we see, you know, a certain inefficiency, where we see. Uh, a stat that pops out that says this guy isn't as good at one thing or another, and these guys see, okay, I'm on the floor with Carmelo Anthony, I know he still can't be guarded, you know, or whatever it might be. Like that gap is has grown a lot, I think, to the value of how we look at the game, but probably needs to shrink a little bit again. Like I, I wonder if we've, you know, everybody's sides have gone a little too far. And we, you know, there's the, the the common ground that can be found in the middle where we really understand the game better. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if it's a matter of understanding the game better, is just like what, or better conversations
1: about better way of talking. Yeah, I mean, it's just, at the at end, end of the game. day, a lot of this comes down to what what do you really value? Mm-hmm. And if you're somebody who values a lot of what comes out of the analytics, and by the way, that includes NBA people too. I mean, you know, franchise and
0: players. LeBron James knows the analytics of his games oh, and his opponents absolutely. inside All, and out. Most, Kobe, most Kobe
1: players do. I just think it comes down to okay, are are you putting so much weight on Carmelo's defense or, you know, the ball hog tendencies, you know, when he wants to be, he can be in a passing mode, but by and large that's not who Melo is. Are, you know, are you dinging him too much for that because of how much it matters in a game? Are you digging it are you dinging it because of what matters to you? Like you know, I'm like like what what you tend to watch games for. What speaks right. to you? Is it also
0: to a way to show how smart you are about basketball? Oh, like I know, of course it is. Like I know that Carmelo, like he's a big star, and everybody thinks of him still as a top fifteen player. But I know because I understand. I have dug into it that like there's a I think a bit of a self important I mean, reaction to it. To to there might some of those be- numbers where you for, where you discount overly discount the stuff that Mello is still obviously good I would at. say, I would say that probably plays some degree
1: of a factor. I don't think it's as big as the stuff I mentioned, only just because these these uh, numbers aren't public. So you don't truly get to show off how much you know, no, because I, nobody sure, knows I understand. where you put it in. Um, I, I, think that, I think you might just be guilty of over-intellectualizing it, as opposed to over-intellectualizing while bragging about it.
0: Right. Well, you're not bragging, but it's just like you're a sort of little wave, because sure. again, people aren't going to know, but it would be, it f- but the lonzo thing is interesting too because at 63 which is highest among rookies yes believe, it is it's the highest rank for any rookie um by the way <laughs> i was listening
1: to thompson trudell yesterday trudell was honked i mean absolutely mad that malcolm brogdon came in at 56 ahead of lonzo
0: i mean like he he was oh, really ticked he was I, I, mean, I heard that look these these lists are like so ticked t- to the point that, that he argued about it for like 23 minutes of an hour-long show <laughs> right. it was it was more time than I would have spent on it I mean, look I mean these these lists are tailor-made for Mike oh yeah I mean he is he is the target audience like it was funny though my immediate
1: reaction to this was I don't care but I was really surprised by it too until I realized that actually I wasn't thinking of Malcolm Brogdon I was thinking of Boyong Bogdanovich, <laughs> because I mix up their names I mix up who they are because they
0: have that sort of like
1: Bogdan, like, is in both of Malcolm their names.
0: Malcolm Brogdon,
1: Bo- Boyan Bo- Bogdanovich,
0: Bogdanovich.
1: I mix them like they
0: look nothing like. You know, in a weird way. Well, they yes, they look nothing. <laughs> no, alike. one is white, the other is black. <laughs> they look. They've never played together. You are blind as a bat, and I have sight. I have been doing this for a while. <laughs>
1: for some reason,
0: I can. You can make an argument that Boyan and Malcolm. Sort of sounds. It's similar? it's it's really and it's, Brogdon and it's, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich.
1: It's, it's that that's the part. But like for some reason, but other than that, there's really no excuse. No, for that. no, particularly for somebody who makes a living talking yeah. NBA. I,
0: yeah, that's terrible. It's very post-racial. Of it, I though. think nothing else. But you know, it's it, it is interesting to see where people are putting Lonzo before he's played a game. Yeah, based on his summer league and all these other things. And I I've I've thought for a while. You know, when rookies show up into a place and. Uh, You know, we've talked about this with Jared Goff, you know, on air with with the Rams. You either kind of get put in that we love you and we will ignore certain things about you and give you the time you need. uh, And that's where Lonzo is. Or you fall into the where the the, the collective crowd is folding their arms and say, prove it, kid. And that's where D'Angelo really ended up. And that's where like Jared Goff ended up. If you can find yourself in that spot where you get to be untouchable for a little while. It is go- it is so beneficial to you, and I think Lonzo is going to stay there even if he struggles, and he will struggle. His shot's not it's going to be – I don't think he's going to shoot well for the first half of the season, at least. He is going to produce, at least once a game, a play that ends up passed around on social media, that ends up on SportsCenter or whatever it might be, and people who aren't watching every game and digging into every stat are going to see those two great Lonzo passes over the course of a night, and it'll happen because passing doesn't slump. Those things are going to be seen by people, and the the perception that Lonzo is playing well will be strong, even if he's struggling defensively, which he will. If he's struggling with his shot, which I think he will, so he's lucky in that regard because he, you know, D'Angelo place is not a good place to be. No, it's 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 injury. I mean, we've talked before about how you know the organization, you know,
1: Lavar Ball, whoever. I mean, they've set up these expectations for Lonzo. That are massive. I mean, they've gone in the complete opposite direction of under promise over deliver, which leaves Lonzo in a place where you are just primed for backlash. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of the I mean, like I was really thinking about this when I saw these this rating, is like, it's the Porzingis effect. Mm-hmm. Like, Porzingis was Great declared Great a example. unicorn from the beginning. Right. They
0: got there differently because Porzingis wasn't expected to be good as fast as he was, sure. and he hit real quick. And you're like, oh, my God. Right. But the unicorn
1: effect has shielded Porzingis from the fact that even though he's obviously a he's obviously a very good he's player, good he's not as consistently great is I think the narrative has him completely agree playing. with you,
0: completely agree.
1: And Lonzo may just benefit from this, which is great for Lonzo. That'd, mm-hmm. be, that'd be fantastic. It's great for the organization because if enough people buy into the narrative, all of a sudden you may have people showing up
0: again. You just the it, it is so valuable to the Lakers that his primary skill isn't scoring, which can slump, and it isn't shooting, which can slump, it's passing, which right. doesn't. Um, one more note about this Julius Randle. 94th on SI, doesn't appear in in uh, hashtag, NBA, hashtag rank. NBA rank. If I asked you, because I know what my answer would be, is Julius Randle one of the 100 best players in the NBA? Without sitting there and like sorting it out and going through, well, way, wait, because you got to count everybody. My answer would be yes. Yeah. I tend to think yeah. Yeah, like, you know, double-double guy, you know, had triple-doubles last year and all that. He's in a he I wonder if he's sort of falling into that kind of Lamar Odom category where you're focused so much on the things he can't do. He doesn't shoot well, uh he's not a good defender, he doesn't protect the rim and all that that you ignore the very tangible things that he does. Well do we've well. talked before. I mean, Julius Randle is not a prototype
1: modern NBA four. I mean he's nowhere close to that. I mean he's he's the exact
0: you No know, stretch other, stretch forward. Right. Other, guy.
1: other than the ability to handle the ball in space and, you know, increasingly better at playmaking. He's not a modern NBA four, and in that way, he stands out. You know, very bull in a china shop. You know, I, you and I have been more high on Julius Randle than I think a lot of NBA people. It's basically you,
0: me, and Zach Lowe. Yeah, which makes me feel better. I, Zach, Zach knows Zach's what he, Smart, Zach much knows smarter what he's than talking us. about. I just feel like he does. Like if you can show up in the league, and I think this year be, is a good. Is he's going to do that? I mean, I think he's essentially going to average, you know. 13 and nine or 13 and eight and a half with th- four assists or something as a, as a four useful. That's good. It's like you're a good player. Yeah. If you're doing that and you're, you know, you're better than Ryan Anderson. Yeah. I think you I can do one thing. I think and, he should be, I guess in the,
1: in the SI top 100 or,
0: but it's, it's never surprising to me if he would, right. And he's in this. there, you know, he's in there at 94 in SI, but he's not there in, in right. ESPN. And, It doesn't surprise me that he wasn't. I just feel like maybe people do this with players on their you know teams that they get to see a lot or whatever. I I see it feels like he's better than that. You can it
1: it can swing both ways. I mean, you can see too much of a player where you end up just picking them apart because you see them all the time, or sometimes you don't see them enough. Like Brandon Ingram, you needed to see
0: Brandon Ingram play an entire season. Mm To, at the very least, realize what he's capable of. Right, and he will be, and again, don't care about the where you fall. He will be in that top 100 next year. Yep. Brandon Inger will. Uh, so this happened, I believe that actually this is Wednesday morning on First Take, and uh, it's, it's it's something we need to make sure gets heard.
2: 50 plus win. You must be. What? <laughs> what did you just What did you, you just say? How like, you? He can fit 50 out of 80 games. I'm going to get somebody drug test I'm going to get somebody drug test you. To drug test you you must five. be crazy. But you know what? You must be crazy. I that have think. to be crazy. How do I make him go to Lakers?
0: That might be my single favorite 15 seconds of sports talk audio I have ever heard.
1: We're going to learn one day that Stephen A. Smith was, at worst, a mentor to LeVar Ball. Like Actually, like LeVar Ball spent three or four years under the tutelage of Stephen A. Smith uh-huh. to learn how to do that. Yeah. Or at best... They're actually related.
2: 50-percent <laughs> wins. You must be... absolutely What? Kids. What? did you nothing nothing organic yeah, about yeah, this how moment. How you? know? But it is wildly <laughs> entertaining. I'm going to get somebody drug test you. Stay I'm going to get somebody to drug test you. You must be crazy. I have to be crazy. How do I make him go to the Lakers? He's got a point
0: about that. I I think LeVar is a, is, is, has some sort of uh, sorcerer's abilities. I don't know. He might I mean, be a sorcerer. The, but this, He's done a great job creating that narrative. The the idea that,
1: that LeVar... Willed Lonzo Ball, who was a consensus top five pick before he ended no, up. No,
0: no, no! But he got the the Lakers had to get the pick. The Lakers had the Lakers. The a lot of things had care to, of that Brian. The, the, the league, the league, took- and Tyler Ennis took yes. care of that. Um, but he also said the Lakers. So this was about saying the Lavar uh, saying that the Lakers were going to win fifty games, which is absurd unless it happens. In which case, you have to admit at that point that Lavar is a sorcerer. Um, but this was the equivalent of. The sports equivalent of the real housewives of Orange County. <laughs> there was nothing organic about it, but kind of trashy fun. I liked that. That was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. You didn't need to take a shower afterwards? No, I, I was like, LeVar was like, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to say something ridiculous. Stephen A. said, well, you're going to say, I'm going to be indignant. I'm going to accuse you of being on drugs. That's what I, it was great. Well, I mean, that's actually where, this, is my, this th- is my favorite. Look, whether you like
1: LeVar ball and like the whole LeVar ball presentation or not, this, to me, speaks to why if you actually get pissed off by him, you're just a sucker. I mean, at this oh, point, co- oh, you, know, totally. you know exactly He's a carnival barker. Well, I he's mean, also... He, he's a one-pitch pitcher. Yes. He throws a,
0: 100 miles... He's Ricky Vaughn. <laughs> I mean, he throws 100 miles an hour. That is what he does. Right. I mean, th- this stuff, it's like... You're right. If you're getting upset because LeVar comes in and he says he's better than Jordan or like Lonzo is going to be better than LeBron, or is the, this is all the stuff that he he is winning because it's only there... For you to go That's absurd, LeVar, or to do this. Fifty plus (laughs) win. You must be What (laughs) What? (laughs) What did you just What did you just say? Wait,
2: have you he can fit 50 out of 80 games. I'm going to get somebody drug test you. Playoff I'm going to get somebody drug test you. Playoff you side. must be crazy. But you know what? You must be crazy. I have to be crazy. How do I make him go to the Lakers?
0: This is only good because there are two people here who know exactly what they're doing. He
1: tested positive
0: for LeVar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to first. So that first. i I'm not a first take fan, to be honest with you. But I, I, I'd pick more of that. You know what's interesting, though? Because, it, like you said, there's a there's a serious Real Housewives <laughs> of Pick Your City
2: Yeah.
1: quality of this. Uh, have you been watching Ball in the Family? I saw the first two episodes, and I'm a little bit into the third. Yeah, I mean, it's – I'll be honest. I, I It's boring. I'm not – It's totally boring. I mean, it's – its basically, it's a loosely plotted infomercial.
0: <laughs> 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 That's a, that is my favorite part about Ball and the Family is how literally everybody who shows up in frame is dressed head to toe. Hats, yeah. <laughs> shoes, yeah. pants. I mean, People who have never worn hats in their lives. I mean, you, you – just happened to be wearing head to toe triple like B. whenever they' tell they're that, on like, screen.
1: you could tell that the rehabilitation that Lonzo and you know the kid's mom is going through, and, and obviously we wish her the best after after the stroke. You can tell it's serious because she didn't have a hat on.
0: <laughs>
1: like you could tell. actually, I'll be honest
0: with you, I, I had this. Steve and I were talking about this uh, when I was was sitting in for John. <laughs> that that part if the show. Were that LeVar you know, helping, nursing his wife back Tina. to help Tina, to back to hell. I would watch no, look, that the, show. That's look, a compelling those show. Scenes,
1: the, look, those scenes are genuinely touchy. They're touching. They're genuinely sincere. But I that's mean, not the show. No, it's not. It's not the show, but also, too, like, I mean, we've actually seen LeVar be, you know, to his credit, kind to his wife publicly before. So I just, I feel like we've seen everything that's on this show. Like, I, like in some ways... Lavar came too hot out of the gate. <laughs> I think for this show to, I mean, unless you are just really wrapped up in the ball family, yeah, but, which I think is the idea. But what, but what I found, what I do think is interesting, this is something uh, Mason and I were actually talking about a couple weeks ago on uh, Mason in Ireland, is like the the backlash or controversy, whatever you want to talk about, mm-hmm. with Lamelo getting the Lambo for his 16th birthday, and you know the. Kevin Durant ended up uh of course he did uh, in a Twitter battle with fans who were saying that LaMelo now is you know he's too spoiled he's not going to be hungry you know he's not he's not going to put the work into it because he's getting handed everything to him at such a young age you know he's got all access to all this money now and even more is going to be coming uh between what Lonzo ends up making as a pro and you know if Triple B really does take off to me what's actually interesting like I don't care that he got a Lambo or like, I don't I care. Don't, I don't care. As
0: a parent, that feels excessive. Well, to me, it's- I don't care parent, how rich you are well, as a, and I don't, you know, and I don't know where the, where exactly where the Lambo money comes from and all that. I just say, as a parent, I, there is no amount of money that I could have as a parent where I would buy my kid a car that expensive when he turns 16. Well, you know, it's actually, to me, it's not even the expensive. I think it's too much car for a 16-year-old. It's too risky. It's, it's, the, it's, uh, you're encouraging them to drive faster. Right. There's are, you know, it's just- it's That's too, what it is. I mean, if you spend- too if you much spent flash for a however, 16-year-old.
1: However much a Lambo costs, if you if you spent that much like on just a BMW I wouldn't care
0: MSRP on a Lamborghini
1: <laughs> but to me what I thought was like sort of the more interesting and fascinating question with lamello specifically I don't think the potential pitfall for him is <laughs> I just saw your face how much is a Lambo yes 250 thousand dollars 200 okay um if you if you put that into a 200 two hundred thousand BMW it's a little much I wouldn't care Honestly, to me, the objection to LaMelo with Lamborghini is purely safety. But, but to me, Brian, like, what is interesting? I don't like. I don't
0: like. I don't like anything about it. But I, that's. But that's fine, right? You know, I don't want to get bogged down in that.
1: Um, to me, what I think is r- potentially dangerous for LaMelo, and I guess by extension, the whole Triple B brand and all that, is he's basically becoming a child celebrity. Yeah, and I actually think the pitfalls of being a celebrity. And everything that comes with that is much more dangerous than the access. It's why to money. the
0: one part of the the only part of Ball in the family that I found disturbing as a you know, a, a Laker fan is the part where Lonzo is is tied up in that very you know Bunham Murray construction of. With his girlfriend, this is a big year for me and Lonzo, you know, and the whole thing about, well, you know, I trust him, even though I know I know he's told me some lies and this and that, whatever, where they're setting up the relationship between Lonzo and his girlfriend to be out there. And nothing is going to happen over the course of these episodes. I mean, I'm, I think I'm fairly sure at how these things are going to go, that there's not going to be anything that makes any ball look bad over these episodes. But, oh, if yeah, call it a hunch, <laughs> well, except Jello. He's not gonna be on it very much, but so like you have, but you have a situation where let's say that you know this becomes a big thing and these people become minor celebrities. Somebody's gonna be taking Instagram photos of Lonzo with some other girl or the girl with someone else or whatever it is, and now Lonzo's relationships as a 19 year old are TMZ fodder in yeah. ways that, like, do I am I 100 percent sure something? But no, obviously. The, but that is that to me. Is one of those places like when you start making your love life a public storyline, you run into potential sure. issues. Because you know, let's remember, he is—he's supernaturally mature for his age. He's still only nineteen. Sure, but I mean, at least though, with with Lonzo
1: though, he at least has you know an NBA season to provide, I guess, some sort of distraction from his TV show, and which is a weird thing to say. Um, and also, too, like his love life, though, or any time he was out, whatever, that's going to end up on Instagram regardless. Right. That's but, it just, it now, but now it's everybody it's knows the wrinkle. character. Everybody's made, been made sure. into a character. But I think for LaMelo, though, like if you're somebody who really thinks LaMelo could end up, you know, as good as Lonzo or better. I mean, you know, again, the consensus on uh, Leangelo is just that he isn't going to end up nearly as good. Hopefully, right. Hopefully, it's, hopefully wrong. it's wrong. Hopefully he ends up a really good player but to me if you really have that type of belief in LaMelo you should get him the hell off this show i mean like i think this is the type of thing that could really undo that potential i don't think it's the money i think it's all the lifestyle and distraction
0: and all it's it's a hard thing for kids to handle right i mean you know
1: it does not i mean this sounds morbid to say but it does not end well for
0: or progress well a lot for child celebrities and that is what Lamelo is. Even like right LeBron now. James was. I mean, he was as hyped as any player. But it was coming different. Up, but it was different back then. It was. D- LeBron's been in the league for 15 years. Man. Right. It's been, a, it's been a long time. It was. Di- I mean, it was a different world. But also, too, what what LeBron had. LeBron was a
1: celebrity in the sense that he was famous. But he's not a celebrity in the way that Lamelo is. Literally being treated and used as yes. a celebrity.
0: Right. Walking on red carpets. Right. You know, it's it's, it's, it's not, just different. Yeah. I, it would make me as a parent, it makes me I, I and we've
1: also seen too LeBron is capable of exceptional focus mm-hmm. I mean he was as a young kid, you know he lived through a lot of chaos as a kid and managed to get out you know on the other side. Melo well. seems a little goofier, <laughs> yes which is fine he's 16. He's but the other goofy. thing
0: and honestly, this is something that that i that annoys me too, and this is because I as a sort of a matter of policy i don't like. Criticizing high school kids. I don't want like criticizing college kids. I don't, you know, when somebody's bad in a college football game, I'll say they were bad. He didn't play well ever. I don't like, oh, well, he, he doesn't have the. You don't the, like the, doing
1: the same dissection we would, for, would the pros. for a
0: pro. LeVar is putting us as people who work in this industry and have to talk about. We're not stuff, doing our job if we're right, In a position where if Mello underperforms this year at Chino Hills or has bad games where. We're gonna to have to start talking about what's wrong with Lamelo. Is he gonna? You know, is this do with Lavar? I mean, like the the storylines are in, are tied in ways that I wish they weren't because I don't like talking about that kind of. Or stuff. I mean, look, I mean, forget just Lamelo specifically.
1: You know, Lavar has already announced that he's unhappy with the Chino Hills coach who is new and has yet to even coach a game. Yeah, is that real or is that setting up for? I don't know. Is, no, you're the, right. The whole thing becomes weird.
0: Um, all right. Finally, let's do this. Uh, explain how this came about. Um,
1: oh, uh, it was uh, recently the – I don't remember exactly what number, but it was the anniversary of the release of the single uh, St. almost Fire, uh, Man in Motion. Right. In parentheses. And um, I put out a tweet uh, at Cam Brothers that that was a bad song that I legitimately love. Attached to a bad movie, Saint Elmo's Fire, that I legitimately yes. love,
0: and probably John Parr's best song though.
1: I don't know, Naughty Naughty ain't bad.
0: I mean, it's his. When best. John Barr when John Parr plays a concert, he opens, closes, and encores with Saint Elmo's Fire. Uh,
1: if he's smart, <laughs> <laughs> if he's he ain't going. And by to the that. way,
0: it's a three show. It's a three song concert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you know, that is a. It's a song that I know. Is not good and a movie I know is not good. In my head, they're actually both great because of, you know, time of life when you see them, whatever. Right. But it led to somebody tweeting to us, um, what are the best 80s, what is the best 80s song slash 80s movie
0: combo or combos? Right. And there's a lot of ways to look at this because you best, you know, it's like MVP, man. It has all kinds of different meanings to different people. And theoretically, best can mean the best song combined with the best movie. If you ranked them both on a 10 point scale, who gets closest to 20? Um, you know, like Purple Rain. Every song from Purple Rain is basically a 10. The movie? I mean... For me it's a nine. But <laughs> right, I know but, it's really a Right, three. but if you go to film school, you're not gonna <laughs> no, sit no. there and look at Purple Rain. Purple Rain
1: is really a five or a six. To me it's Maybe. a nine. Right.
0: And it's it but like and then it gets there, like, well, where do they put the song in the movie and all these right so you can start getting really, really bad. But like the eighties is perfect for that because I we are at the very least no longer in an age where songs are written for movies in the same way. Soundtracks He's, are done. Well, I mean, that's safe. one of the reasons
1: I think, you know, among the reasons that Baby Driver was considered such a, you know, breath of fresh air, it's soundtrack driven in a way that movies generally aren't. No, anymore. not
0: at all. I mean, other than Scorsese putting Stones music in right. all of them. Um, so, like, the the 80s was that era where you go back and you associate even, like, that Oh Yeah song by by Yellow. Oh, yeah. chick chicka, oh oh that one like you know nothing other than that song other than Ferris Bueller that's it and it's it in the movie it's great have you ever listened to that song by itself it's not <laughs>
1: not as good no.
0: it's fun in the movie because it kind of fits the whole thing of like Ferris bopping around the city whatever it is not a good song like watch the it's a weird video <laughs> watch the video not a good song so it loses points there but on the other hand it's it, it kind of instantly conjures that movie. So I mean, we get points for that.
1: I mean, to me, the obvious goat, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll get into some other choices. To me, the obvious goat is Don't You Forget About Me and The Breakfast Club. Okay. I mean, because you're talking about it's one of the most 80s songs ever. It still has great staying power. You hear it on the air all the time. I mean, I think it's a legitimately good song. It is. And you're talking about maybe the most beloved 80s movie, period. I mean, beyond just the teen genre, and it's as '80s a movie as exists. It's literally in the middle of the decade. It's 1985. <laughs> right. I mean, like, the Breakfast Club is as quintessential an '80s movie as oh, yeah. ever. was Oh, it released. is absolutely, and it's so, a, and it's great. And, and, and it's and and the the a genre defining movie. And the placement of "Don't You Forget About Me," you know, with, with the with the bookends, and then especially Judd Nelson with the fist after the the voiceover of uh, Anthony Michael Hall's letter to right. to the principal. I think it is difficult to come up with something okay. better. Uh, let
0: me do that cuz then, then we'll just we'll whip through some other really good ones. Really good ones but like that don't that obviously don't meet the standard but are fun for one reason or another. But My the best one I could come up with that was a counter to that would be the use of in your eyes in say anything. That's high. It's because extremely high. Not only is the song the so, in your eyes is a better song than don't you forget about me. Yeah. It is a better song. Yeah. I think most people would agree with that. It, it I is. certainly believe it is. No, it is. They're both really good, but I would I, agree. Breakfast Club is a. I don't. It's probably a better Careful. movie. It's probably a better movie than Say Anything. But I, say, anything's say Anything's one of the favorite movies. Say Anything's great. No, a, Say so, is so, I mean, a great movie. I'm not sure it's a better movie. And if it is, it's not by much. I don't know. I, so I would say the gap between the song. In Your Eyes and Don't You Forget About Me is bigger than the gap between, if there is one, between Breakfast Club and Say Anything. And if I I can make any reference, I did it last week of making a tampering joke with Rob Palenka and Paul George, to a guy holding up a boombox. That's true. And everyone knows, not just the movie, they know the movie, the song, and the scene. The flip side. So though, I is, think if you put all that together... No it loses points cuz it's 89 it's almost a 90s movie this look you you hit on the only one that i thought might be able I th- to unseat. I think this one might be better okay, because we'll, the
1: scene is more okay, iconic we'll, we'll actually we'll later put it on a poll at right. cam brothers um this is the, you hit on the one that i thought came closest um and i i think i i think breakfast club don't you forget about me is the goat but I think, but i think you're making a, there's a very strong case for say anything in your eyes, I mean quality on both ends is really high. Uh, some of the other ones that I thought were really good were uh, uh, Jackson Brown, somebody's baby, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep, that's really good. Uh, first time uh, Stacy has sex. Um, Pretty in Pink. Uh, if you leave, <laughs> Like
0: twelve songs from Pretty in Pink. Right,
1: but but then then you start trying to drill down. Right, and no, you know it. if you leave, it's at the prom. There are all these confessionals. We learn how everybody really feels. Andrew McCarthy, he's not a bad guy. No. He's not a bad guy. He's just been hanging around James Spader too much. That's always a bad a problem. Guy. Uh In Ferris Bueller, the uh, the museum scene with the Smiths, please, please, please let me get what I want. The only difference is most so people great. don't know what the song is. They yes, they, rec- oh, I think you're no, see,
0: I think people would recognize, oh, that's the song from Ferris Bueller. But I don't I think know you're people under, would
1: name. I think you're underestimating it. Maybe. Maybe a separate poll. <laughs> I think you're underestimating it. For Purple Rain, I think ultimately it's the Purple Rain sequence. Um, okay. You no. Know, a, if you know the history, when you know that that was actually the first time the song was ever performed live, like they used that track. And also, too, is when the kid realized everybody finally understands his music, and that had been tormenting him um, as one of the- Where do you put Where do you
0: put stuff like, because this movie, the movie doesn't quite fit the genre in the same way that we're talking about, you know, even something like, you know, I Melt With You and Valley Girl. Like, oh, no, that's, that was it's on my list. Way on the list. But, yes. but like-
1: it's dating montage.
0: Yeah, but there's there's a whole thing. But like, where do you put something like "The Heat Is On" and "Beverly Hills Cop"? Um, because "Beverly Hills Cop" is not an '80s movie in the same way that "The Breakfast Club" oh, is an '80s movie. I, I disagree
1: with you. Eddie Murphy was arguably the biggest star of the. 80s. No, I,
0: I didn't say it wasn't an '80s, 80s oh, it's, movie. It's said, so '80s. I don't know if it's oh, an '80s on, movie I in the s- same. It's not an '80s movie in the same way as these other. I, it's a different com- genre of '80s. It's movie. a different genre, but it is as '80s. Like, that movie is as quintessential 80s. Right. But when a lot of times, my only point is, a lot of times when we think of soundtrack, you know, like, the thing, they tend to be more associated, I think, I don't know. in people's I, heads with a lot of that John Hughes genre, the sure, Say Anything genre, I think Valley Girl. I think you're
1: actually forgetting how big the Beverly Hills com- uh, I am not. soundtrack was. No,
0: I'm not at all forgetting it. I'm just saying it's a different kind. Like, with the, the first the ten movies that we all named, that we both named, are are similar genre. You mentioned uh, Valley Girl. You mentioned, um uh what was the one with... Pretty in Pink. Pretty and Pink. Say, well, I've got, well, I've got some uh, Fast Times, but I've got fast some... Fast Times but, was the one I, that was... But I've was got some others, about. though, that were not... Um, I understand. No, right. But sure. So where do you compare? Like, where does Axel F... Not well, as good of a song. actually, Axilef F was
1: on my uh, borderline <laughs> list. Same with uh, Neutron Dance. Great scene,
0: yes. questionable song. Questionable <laughs> song. Where do you put uh, Kokomo and Cocktail? I don't. Bad song. <laughs> bad, bad, song bad, movie. bad movie. I mean, but it, it, it is... gets credit for being a terrible song. It's one of the worst Beach Boys songs ever made, which is saying something. Because, quite frankly, they had a lot. Although, of Although, ironically,
1: songs. it's actually one of the best uh, John Stamos songs. <laughs>
0: It's true, (laughs) Uh, and cocktails awful,
1: right? Um, Nothing's going to stop us now. Starship, this is this is where you and I, I think, differ on the importance of instant recognition. To me, if you instantly recognize, just in terms of pure crap all around, I'm not giving it the same amount of points because again, it was originally posed to us as
0: best. No, I understand. Um, no, so look, I'm not. I'm not at all suggesting that uh, nothing's going to stop us now by Starship from Mannequin deserves to be anywhere on this list, but it is one that I think people know. Um, God, God, that's a bad song. Okay,
1: don't want your answer now. All right, but um, maybe another poll question: Worst Starship song? Nothing's going to stop us now. We built this city. We built the city.
0: There is literally no Oof. song ever made that <laughs> is worse than "We Built This." We built this city. Maybe. The worst song ever recorded by a legitimate band, in part because the context around it. We Built This City crystallizes the way in which Jefferson Airplane – Lost touch with its roots more than anything.
1: I don't know. I would say I was going to say I think they. It's not so much a legitimate band because they delegitimized themselves. No, but that's that. but that's my sure. point. No,
0: it, not that. Look, not that Jefferson Airplane was all that good anyway. But I mean, come on, people. they sort of we built the something. city is a wretched song.
1: Um, it, back to your what started all this with the heat is on. I would penalize that just because I don't think it's that great a song. It's not a good
0: song. Um, I mean, and, and the other, and what's interesting about it, not to cut you off, but what's interesting about it is. The other songs from the, the non sort of teen genre generally fail for the same reasons. When you get into all the music from Top Gun, like Danger Zone and all except, that. Except, why it, except, and this is on my
1: list, uh, Bad Movie Bailed Out by Great Song Usage. Take My, Take Breath, my away. Breath Away it's a legit is a legit good, good, good song. song it's a really but it's good not song.
0: as good as the other ones. And like Danger Zone and all that. Danger Zone is another terrible song.
1: Unless you ask Thompson Trudell. Right. They love that or unless, song.
0: Or you, unless you ask Kenny Loggins because he right. made him millions of dollars. But it's not a good song. Okay,
1: some adult ones. Some more adult out, outside the genre. Like um, Ted Cruz adult? Or- no. <laughs> By the way, there is nothing less – there may be nothing less sexy to imagine than Ted Cruz vocalizing the word sexual
0: posts. That is – that story – is my favorite story. Sexual in the last ten. sexual posts. My last of the last ten years. Um,
1: some more adult, I guess, uh, adult movies. Arthur's theme to Arthur. Yep, that's really good. That's a legit good song. It might uh, Stephen Bishop's. It might be you in Tootsie. Yeah. Uh, Does
0: it matter if the song is written like clearly written for the movie? Because I don't thing, think that, so. That's another thing that doesn't Somebody's happen baby was anymore. Written for fast time. I understand that, but that's another I don't thing think that sort matters. of doesn't happen anymore. Uh, where like it, you need you know it's a, it's Chris Christopherson who did. Uh, Arthur, no, no it's uh, Steve. Right, really? Yes. Okay. You sure? Yes. Sure. Do we Wait. need to ask Chris Christopherson about no. it? No. I feel like Chris Christopherson wrote all those songs. He didn't. All except that one. I I, I just feel, I, to some degree, I feel like it's a, it's almost a little bit different because like then like taking this other thing and putting it in perfectly into a spot in a movie. Where it just works perfectly. Like, to me. Again, in your eyes. To um, me, if the song. if the Don't you song, forget about me wasn't written for The Breakfast Club, was it? Um, was I don't it? know. I don't think so. I, I could be wrong. I think
1: it was, but I don't know. Um, I don't ask Chris think, I don't think it was. Uh, to me, just if the song feels 80s, if it feels of the period, which, you know, if it was written in that period, it likely is. And it works as well as we're talking about in these movies. Then, to me, it's fine. Um. Also, fight the uh, fight the power and do the right thing. Very good. That that's phenomenal. That's
0: fundamental to the movie too. Yes, it is. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. And which, by the way, too, that song was written for "Do the Right Thing." It was actually written for that. Yes, that. yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, with Rosie Perez boxing over the opening credits. I did not know that. Um, couple other uh, on the border ones. I was curious your your thoughts on, uh, or uh, questionable, uh, the power of love and Back to the Future. <laughs> Because yeah, it's not a great song, not, but it's not an it's awful not, It's song. not a good song.
0: No, but it's not awful. It's much closer to St. Elmo's Fire than it is. It's like, you like it for, I mean... Right. Can Nostalgia we be, Can we all be honest that Huey Lewis didn't write very many, like, good songs that hold up where you... You sent out a tweet a couple days ago where you were like, just had just re-listened to So and Us by Peter Gabriel. And, were, were, you know, just they, held, they hold up incredibly well. You don't say that about... Um, what? Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis, alp, sports. Actually, you don't, Actually, so you you don't know go what? back and listen to sports and disagree. say, gonna, that's a great album. No, but you know what? I'm going to disagree with you just
1: in the sense that I think sports and most of Huey Lewis's music was so, it is what it is, Then in that sense, I think it holds up fine. Because it, it was what it was.
0: That's true. I mean, like, it's not really... Specific. Right, and what it, in the heart of rock and roll, it just isn't that good a song.
1: Well, um, I'm inclined to say it doesn't meet uh it doesn't meet the test um even though that opening scene to back in the future is great and back to the future is a really good movie uh ghostbusters
0: theme and ghostbusters no because that really only rolls over the credits
1: yes and it's not a very good song anyway <laughs> um bad song bailed out by great scene see
0: the problem with ghostbusters is it's too specific to the movie yes <laughs> a little on the nose I mean, it's a little on the like nose. you can't you can't you can't take that song you could take um What would you just say with Huey Lewis? Um, Power of Love. Thank you. You could take the Power of Love and apply it to a different movie if you wanted to. You can't do that with the Ghostbusters theme. Do you have any other- Pretty much locked in. Do you have any other legit good ones? Uh, We mentioned I Melt With You. Uh, We went through Top Gun. Holiday Road and Vacation.
1: Now, did Lindsey Buckingham like that in the 80s?
0: Because this is
1: what led me to having to leave off one of my favorites. Holiday Road. One of my favorite uses of music in an 80s movie- was "Werewolves of London" in "Color of Money"? You know Tom Cruise's pool. Right, line but "Werewolves of London" did not written seventy eight, so right. I
0: couldn't use it. I was very angry. Oh, now I got to look it up. I don't know. Nineteen eighty three single, written and recorded by Fleetwood Mac guitarist Lindsey Buckingham, featured in uh, "Vacation." So it may have, okay. It, uh, it might have been written for it. It might have been because um, that's a great. It's actually a good song. It's kind of fun. It's not a great song, but it's kind of a fun. Catch you sign and, and you just it brings you to that place yeah. of the movie
1: see to me to me excuse me that feels a little more instant recognition because if that song had been released without the movie I'm inclined to think you would regard mm-hmm. it as crap
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh all but the it flash is fun. Dance, it is fun. all the flash dance songs
1: I'll say this right now and I don't care who's listening I will cape up for maniac yep <laughs> I, Michael think maniac, I think maniac is a legitimately Good song. Like I think if you actually, and it's funny that song was not written and a pretty recognizable spot in the movie. But that song, yes, but that song actually was not written for Flashdance. The song was actually written. Like if you listen to the lyrics, it's actually written. It's it's what it's about in the lyrics. It's about a stalker, (laughs) for real. Like it's it's an actual maniac. Yes, it's about an actual maniac. And if you listen, like the song actually has a fair amount of tension. For something that's
0: considered kind of eighties bubblegum pop, well, it's it's we have a long history of misconstruing songs in this country. Where right? like yes, any any you ever go to a wedding and they're playing "Every Breath You Take," yeah, it's creepy. They, they, they miss the point. Yes, sadly, um, I will also say my my favorite thing about Flashdance is that it's in our conversation. Maniac suffers because Flashdance isn't that great a movie. No. Um my favorite thing about Flashdance, though, is the one thing that Jennifer Beals, her performance that she was praised for, was her dancing, which was the one thing she didn't do. Yeah, no, she had a double. She had a double.
1: Um, so did Kevin Bacon. Ba- Kevin Bacon had both a dancing and gymnastics double in Footloose. <laughs> he must be the most uncoordinated motherfucker. that's
0: that's But that's another example of both a song. Like, Kenny Loggins was your go-to for this. Yes, um, he was. Daddy um, Shack. <laughs> like, I mean, he, was he just wasn't. He was not. Like, Footloose is a is a fun movie. It's, it's okay. Yeah. But the song, Footloose. First of all, again, can't apply it to another movie. So I, to me that loses you lose points. Um it's just a little too specific. Um so what about Bat Dance?
1: I don't I just I think of that more as just a Prince song.
0: Yeah. I, um, Crazy for you? Vision Quest. Yes. Actually that's a, good one. that's
1: a good song. And I remember when it comes up in the movie. Speaking of Madonna, I actually think uh Into the Groove and Desperately Seeking Susan. Yep a good song that also i remember it i think it works very well in a movie that i think is actually underrated i think desperately seeking susan's actually a good movie uh another bad song bailed out by a good scene good movie old time rock and roll and risky business yes that is a terrible song. terrible song such a good movie and And scene scene that the song has gotten
0: way more staying power than it deserves a terrible song um all right well okay. that's basically my list yeah uh, here's a good one here's here's one where tell me if you think where uh, this will be the last one i promise if you of course if you're still with us <laughs> at this point you're in for the whole conversation you're enjoying this what is the problem with the eye of the tiger rocky combination fundamentally
1: uh, fundamentally i'd say it's that eye of the tiger isn't a very good song okay
0: what's the second thing i agree with you eye of the tiger is not a great song it is written by survivor though which Presents a natural handicap.
1: Um, I, I guess the other problem is that Rocky Three is like Rocky Three is entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Do you
0: think? Here's I agree with you. It's not. It, do you think most people who hear "Eye of the Tiger" could tell you which Rocky movie it's from? Yes, I disagree. No, I think I okay, totally another poll disagree. Another
1: I, I think I think most people do because they remember Clubber Lang. They know which movie. it's I in. completely disagree. I.
0: So that, that was my maybe this, I'm wrong. This maybe I'm you uh, you I'm my, you have more really, faith in people than I do. Well, no, it's not even period. I have
1: more faith in people. I just I think these movies are so popular and so
0: rewatched. I would, I would I mean, say they think it's from that. It's oh, it's it's a like no, I would say more people are likely to get to be able to tell you that, that living in living in America is from Rocky Four than they'd be able to tell you accurately that Eye of the Tiger is from Rocky Three. Uh, I we, think I actually think a lot of people think that Eye of the Tiger is in Rocky.
1: No. You're absolutely wrong about that. Everybody knows the Rockies theme. I, I think. I think at this point, I think they
0: think both of them are in it.
1: I think you are under. They think
0: the movie no. opens with dan, dan, da 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 da
1: da No, I think you are underestimating. It's not even just underestimating people in this case. I think you are underestimating. And 2016 the power.
0: has given me a lot of reasons to underestimate people.
1: That may be, but I think. <laughs> but this is why you should know that I'm right. We know some of what happened in 2016 is because people watched a bleep load of TV. <laughs> And Rocky
0: Three and Rocky Four
1: are on TV. Always on, TV. constantly. That's true. I think you are not only. Wrong I hope. On this, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I think I'm you're wrong. not only wrong. I think you're dead wrong.
0: I hope so. I want to be dead wrong. Uh, but that's that's it. That's the, 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 the. I really do think I've touched on everything I wrote. Yeah. Now. That was fun. Well, I enjoyed that. All right. Well, well. Uh, again, media day on the twenty fifth, and we'll see everybody next time. Thanks.